Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to see you all. A little bit of confusion, it seems, about a ban. It, when I post in the community about not having a, uh, not planning for a seven-day ban or holiday from YouTube, I wasn't saying I'd had that inflicted. Actually, credit where it's due to YouTube, they didn't actually put a strike on my accounts. They gave me that warning for hate speech. Uh, yeah, so credit where it's due, but welcome all, all of you. Thank you very much for joining me today. I, I even saw Ethiopia represented there, Devon, Australia, of course, even Alaska. Welcome everyone. Ah, Thailand. That's right, it is your favorite foreign agent delivering, uh, your favorite flavor of propaganda. God, I can't speak today. You're friendly or a foreign agent. Uh, yeah, that track you quite rightly guessed. Uh, was Polyushka or something like that? It, yes, amazing. I have a feeling that was also due to my um, issue with uh, YouTube. I played a propaganda video <laughs> last time, so I thought instead I would I would keep the soundtrack, but not perhaps show the images, which uh, may have got me in trouble. So those of you who are new here, what I was doing uh, was running, having a chat as we are now. Um, and now I'm seeing Chicago, India, and uh, Trinidad and Tobago once again. UK Cotswolds, very close to my heart. Uh, sorry, again, the chat's distracting me. I was explaining the format of how I've been doing things. Uh, so we have a chat first, uh, greet you all, um, uh, have a good chuckle, and then get into the news. And I was doing it solidly where I'd run through from obviously the start to the finish. Uh, but I was then chopping them up, which the feedback is really good on the channel. So I'll continue doing that. The change that I'll make, though, is I think after either a story or a thread, because I often try and thread stories together, I'll then come back to the chat because it was killing me that um, many of you absolute nutters uh, were using the super chat function. And I wasn't getting to uh, respond to those or read them until after, uh, you know, I'd wrapped everything up. And maybe that sometimes take an hour. So I didn't like that. So I'll dip back into this chatting screen where we can have a read of Super Chats and then get on to the next story. It's not, it's it's probably good, it's probably easier for me as well in, in post and editing because then I can see the breaks. Uh, so I think that's how we will do it. Uh, you're from the front line in Ukraine, notorious no-no. Of course, the... Uh, the headline of the stream today is actually linked to some of the news that we've got to go through. So I'm not just um, trolling, uh, although I do like to do that. Toronto, Canada, Bangkok, Copenhagen. Was that Salisbury? Salisbury, Rhodesia. Wow. We are not as, yeah, we are all mad here, are we not? Brilliant stuff. Right. Well, let's not keep you waiting and... Welcome to the Netherlands as well. And Finland, our next door neighbor, not far from me in St. Petersburg. Good to see you. Got a cup of coffee? Yep. I've got my cup of cha, of course, representing. Moscow. Is it true Russian troops are not on the front lines anymore? From what I understand, it's more in a supportive role. But we'll, we'll get into some of that stuff. Antwerp, Wisconsin, Bulgaria, Novosibirsk. Netherlands, Tunisia, gosh, all around the world. It's wonderful to see you all. <laughs> Yorkshire People's Republic. <laughs> Flicking bollocks, thank you for the chuckle. You, you never disappoint. <laughs> okay, let, let's get into the first story, which is, of course, linked to the stream title. Um, let's, let's not mess about. So, uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we have our first story for today, which is titled, The US is looking for a replacement for Zelensky. 
That's right. Uh, this is, I would say, more of an opinion piece from the columnist Victoria Nik- Nikiforova, who writes that the US is looking for a replacement for Zelensky. That's, that's quite a good image, but it's not as good as my thumbnail, I don't think. Uh, she should have used face swap, in my opinion. The opening paragraph was really amusing. And it starts, more recently, the head of the Kiev regime in his khaki t-shirt was a global icon that the progressive media planted around the world like potatoes. He was even called the second Churchill. This comparison with the drunken alcoholic who launched the collapse of the British Empire is given only to the most distinguished representatives of the colonial elites in a first-come, first-served basis. So I think you can get a feel <laughs> for this column, columnist's um, bias and um, stance, let's say. It goes on to say, and suddenly it cut off. Zelensky began to be scolded, and scolded by those who loved him so recently. American congressmen, journalists, even human rights activists. It suddenly turned out that in Ukraine, everything is somehow not so. And a little bit of translation going on there. But uh, fair point. Uh, we've had Corey Bernardi over in Sky News Australia give him a good old uh, reaming. One might say we've had Zelensky upset by Amnesty International recently. There very much appears to be this turn of sentiment uh, going on. Now, this is quite a long-winded article. I'm not going to get into all of the details. I've just highlighted uh, some key points. Uh, one is this paragraph here about the Zaporozhye nuclear power plants. Uh, the head of the IAEA deigned to notice that the Ukrainian troops fired at the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant and expressed concern about this. Well, thanks for that anyway. Previously, he preferred point blank not to see how the... I'm going to skip that word are trying here and there to provoke monstrous disasters. We'll get into this story. There's a bit of a... Uh, a bit like the POW thing about each side blaming each other. It then goes on to mention Amnesty International, which we reported on and already covered. <laughs> then it mentions, genuine tragedies played out on the western border of Ukraine. The men suffered. The influential publication Foreign Policy published the sad story of one such refugee who tried to cross the Polish border with his American husband. My husband was allowed to leave, but he was not. Quote, they didn't look at the fact that I was gay. A peace-loving Ukrainian complained to human rights activists, quote, they looked at whether I had a penis, end quote. Gosh, that's terrible. That's horrible. This and similar stories were incriminated to Zelensky as a violation of the rights of civilian Ukrainian high-heel-wearing men. He caught the signal and immediately cancelled Zeluzny's order, but then a new misfortune happened, and it goes on. Uh, let's skip to the next key point that I've highlighted down below. And, of course, yeah, the opinion whines and reams. It makes a actual uh, quite an eye-opening analogy uh, where it says here, by the way, returning to Churchill, exactly 60 years ago, the colonial administration of South Vietnam was headed by a protege of the Americans, a local boy from a good family. Uh, yeah, I'm going to struggle with that name, but we, you know who they mean. He was a very intelligent man, joking aside. He was the first third world politician whom the Americans elevated to the rank of, quote, New Churchill. This was said by Democratic Vice President Lyndon Johnson. The comparison was liked by everyone. It was reprinted in all the papers. That's, wow, that's quite a chilling comparison. 
shall we see if it turns out as tragically? Let's hope not. I mean, I'm not a, a sadist in that manner. But it then goes on to give you some of the history in Vietnam. So I thought that was quite a good comparison, in my opinion. Uh, we shall see if Zelensky does indeed star in the sequel to Downfall. So what did you guys make of that comparison? I, I thought it was pretty astute, didn't you? I wonder what's going on with the background there. Let me let me refresh it. There we go. Just just a few technical difficulties. Yeah, I thought I thought it just needed reloading. Flicking bollocks. <laughs> achieved true equality yeah i mean looking down someone's pants before they <laughs> they cross the border uh yeah and he um i've got i've got this kind of follow-on story to that one to be fair it has been noted that ukrainian military have been dressing as women to go awol yeah there were a few caught at the border weren't there should we get into the next story Uh, which brings us over to Rio Novosti, who have cited Scott Ritter. And quite amusingly, this isn't the first article where they've done this, but they've called him former US spy. Mr. Ritter, that's not true, is it? I thought you were just an in intelligence officer. Now, I know an intelligence officer can be a spy, but I, I didn't think um, you're automatically, if you work in intelligence, you're not automatically a spy. You know, you can be an analyst and so on. So... <laughs> I just wonder why Rio Novosti are now calling Scott Ritter a spy. But the headline reads, American intelligence officer predicted the tragic end of Zelensky. Kind of as we've just featured in the previous story, former U.S. spy Ritter predicted a tragic end for Ukrainian President Zelensky. Uh, also echoed by Alex over on the Duran. The political career of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is coming to an end. Former U.S. intelligence officer Scott Ritter said on the Judging Freedom YouTube channel uh, with Judge... Oh, I've forgotten his name. It's really good, actually. I'd jump in now and then. I recommend that you give them... Obviously, I'll be posting a link in the description to this article and also uh, Judging Freedom is then linked here. You can find it. Quote, He will either be forced to leave Ukraine or die at the hands of his own citizens who have ceased to trust him. Scott Ritter is quoted as saying, I've not watched the video yet, actually, um, so I'll be keen to see how accurate that quote is. The ex-officer stressed that it is the president of Ukraine who is responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of civilians. In addition, Western leaders are losing faith in the created image of Zelensky, increasingly refusing to help Kiev, Ritter added. I think even Zelensky himself has complained about the the blockage of the 8 billion euros. Uh, so I think uh, Ritter's quite right there. Quote, due to the fact that the prestige of the president of Ukraine is gradually declining, it no longer makes sense for him to remain in power, the former intelligence officer said. In his opinion, a coup d'etat may soon take place in Ukraine. And now the article refers to Corey Bernardi, as I've previously referenced. Uh, accused the Western media of creating a heroic image of Zelensky and hushing up the horrors that are happening due to his rule to ethnic Russians in parts of Ukraine. It then gives you background to the special military operation. So things are not looking too rosy for our man khaki t-shirt there. Um, 
didn't Boris Johnson auction one of those, one of those sweaty, khaki t-shirts? Let's uh, see what you guys have to say in the chat. Is there a salty army? Miley, Miley Cyrus will save Alensky with a song. Amnesty stuck it to them really, really bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, that really appears to have sent shockwaves, doesn't it? Judge Napolitano, thank you. Encompass thy eclipse. Boris Johnson was legitimately hard up for money when he was PM. Bernardi, former honest Aussie politician, was he? I, I've never heard of him before. Rhodesian division of the Salty Army here. Is this from uh, Salty Cracker? I'm a good. I'm a big fan of Salty. Ree to watch stealthily. Right, uh, let's get on to that Zaporozhia story. So we're having this trading of accusations regarding the Zaporozhia nuclear power plant. If you remember back in the beginning of the special military operation, the BBC lost their minds about the idea that shells were landing in the uh, premises on, on the territory of this nuclear power plant. It was later, I believe, proven that that was fake news. Russia claimed it was saboteurs, and it was only in like an outlying building. Um, Russia today then went in and showed this area. So it was a non, non-story, non but there was kind of this benchmarks set of like, oh, wow, this is like, wasn't it said to be six Chernobyls? There was a lot of fear built up around this. Well, in CNN, it's reported that Ukraine accused Russian forces on Sunday of launching rockets at the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant, further ratcheting fears of an accident a day after United Nations watchdog warned that fighting at the occupied complex risked a nuclear disaster, as we heard before, as I've just referenced. Quote, apparently they aimed specifically at the containers with processed fuel, which is stored outside next to the site of shelling. Uh, the company, this is Energoatom, Energoatom, said in a statement on Telegram. But this quote doesn't explain who they are. And now I'm, I'm struggling to get it in my head because it's a bit like this prisoner of war camp allegation and as well the, the shelling and Donetsk. Do you mean to tell me that the nuclear power plant that Russia has occupied since March, they're launching missiles or rockets at themselves? You know, it doesn't quite add up here because that's the claim. Quote, this time a nuclear catastrophe was miraculously avoided, but miracles cannot last forever, it added. Okay, well, tell Ukraine to stop shooting at it then. I'm fairly certain it's not Russia shooting at their own or or the nuclear power plant that they've occupied where their soldiers are reportedly stationed. Kiev has accused Russian forces of storing heavy weaponry in and launching attacks from the plant. Okay, so again, why would they shoot their own heavy weaponry? Which they took over in early March and still occupy. So this is from the Ukrainians. And yet at the same time, they're saying Russia's shelling it. Moscow, meanwhile, has claimed Ukrainian troops are targeting the complex. Well, forgive me for being a bit biased, but I'm going to lean with Moscow on this one. Uh, it goes here after the attack. Enegoatom. So, that's quite good. Go at him. Go at him, Tiger. Said that Russian shell fire, Russian shell fire, had damaged nitrogen oxygen station and the combined auxiliary building, and that there were, 
quote, still risks of hydrogen leakage and sputtering of radioactive substances, and the fire hazard is also high, end quote. The Director General of the International Atomic Agency, uh, Energy Agency, Rafael Mariano Grossi, said he was alarmed by the reports of damage and demanded that an IAEA team of experts urgently be allowed to visit the plant to assess and safeguard the complex. Uh, it gives his quote there. Uh, military, quote, military action jeopardizing the safety and security of the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant is completely unacceptable and must be avoided at all costs, he added. And of course, Zelensky couldn't help but weigh in. He's accused Russia of using Zaporozhye nuclear power plant to wreak terror in Europe and said Sunday that he spoke with European Council President Charles Michel about the situation at the complex, basically then demanding uh, nuclear sanctions irresponsible breach of nuclear safety rules. The European Union's top diplomat has slammed Russia's military activities around the Zaporozhye power plant and called for the IAEA to gain access to the complex. Quote, This is a serious and irresponsible breach of nuclear safety rules and another example of Russia's disregard for international norms. End quote. You guessed it, Joseph Burrell. That idiot. And I say that idiot... Because he's, they're demanding that the IAEA gain access to the complex. And guess who cried their little eyes out <laughs> when the IAEA last said they wanted to go in and inspect the plant? This was June 7th, this article from Reuters. Okay, let's scroll down. This, this is from Ukraine State Nuclear Company, Enigroatom. Uh, quote, we consider this message from the head of the IAEA as another attempt to get to the power plant by any means in order to legitimize the presence of occupiers there and essentially condone all their actions. Again, forgive my confusion, but which one is it? Because then today, Joseph Burrell is there demanding that the IAEA um, be brought in. So, uh, yeah running circles around my head there trying to make sense of this the IAEA e, that's difficult to say IAEA has been trying to coordinate a mission of safeguarding experts to visit the plants since it was seized by Russian forces there we go and it says that the IAEA sent teams to Chernobyl nuclear power plant in late April and in May to deliver equipment and conduct radiological assessments of the site which was held by Russian forces for more than a month so it doesn't appear that Russia is the one that is in fact blocking the access to the IAEA. What do you guys make about that? As a Russian, I can tell that our shelves are fully stocked. Ah, you're talking about, yeah. In Englishmen, sometimes in Lourdes. Lourdes. A good question there from BB. Be honest, who wants to live in Russia? Yeah, come on, put your hands up. A uh, A F A M. God, I can't I can't deal with letters today. So ready to move to Russia. Ah, good question from Xstacy187. When are we seeing interviews on your channel, Mike? I'd love to see the Alex's and Pepe Escobar here. You you'd be a fabulous moderator. That's funny. Read my mind. Uh, I was talking to Elizabeth Lane, uh, who I did an interview with. She she said if um, I needed help arranging interviews. Which is very kind of her. So I may well do. And I would like that. And for once, not having to do all the talking myself. Uh, Haladin, the thing with the plant is Ukraine can't make up their mind. They both say they aren't shelling the plant. And 
that they can because Russia has troops there. This is it. This is the whole point. Like, what? Sounds expensive in Russia. Mm, it's not really. It's comparative, isn't it? Would enjoy visiting. <laughs> Weed is illegal. Ukraine has been accusing the East, shelling themselves. Yeah, for many years. You shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, is it? But yeah, that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. I've got, I've got another story um, for you about underhanded tactics being used. Scott Ritter was, yeah, U.S. Marine Corps, his weapons inspector. Yeah, I, I don't think you can call him a spy, can you? I don't think that's fair. I'm selling all my properties to move to Russia if I could get the opportunity. My advice would be uh, get an employer. Oh, just spat my microphone. Sorry about that. Uh, they'll do all the paperwork for you. Have thoughts of moving to Vladivostok? I need to visit. It's a good one. Should we get into this uh, next story, uh, which I, th I think you might enjoy? So those uh, French frogs. <laughs> That's just triggered the, triggered the comments in the chat, hasn't it? France spoke about the new tactics of the Pentagon in Ukraine. Ooh, I wonder what this is about. Cassure uh, learned about the new tactics of the Pentagon to hire contract assistance for Ukraine. The Pentagon has used a new tactic in Ukraine to hire contract assistance to participate in the conflict, Kasur magazine writes, citing a French military source. According to the interlocutor of the publication, the American army, quote, was next to the armed forces of Ukraine from the very beginning of hostilities. It's quite um, telling to now see this in print in black and white, because we've had these allegations. You guys have, have commented on previous videos, particularly in relation to HIMARS, like the miracle that these HIMARS are being so accurately um, used. And even Zelensky and the Ukrainian military have said, oh, that's just because our boys are so clever. And many of you guys have posited, and I think Russia itself has uh, claimed that that's because these are experienced operators. These are US, um, let's say former servicemen. But the claim here that these are contractors, quote, true, these were not real American soldiers, but contract assistants acting as them. For the first time, the Pentagon used such tactics in Ukraine. It sort of outsources looking for specialists ready to participate in large scale hostilities in Ukraine for money said the source. It doesn't say the source. So take this with a pinch of salt, but the reason I feature is, is it actually uh, mirrors many of your comments. He specified that such mercenaries operate, quote, everywhere on all battlefields. Last week, Ukraine's Deputy Chief of Military Intelligence, Vadim Skibitsky, told The Telegraph that before the HIMARS strikes, the Ukrainian military consults with the Americans, and they can even call off the attack if they are not satisfied with the target. As noted in the Russian Ministry of Defense, this indicates the direct involvement of the United States in the hostilities in Ukraine. And I would go one further and say that if, if true, this means that the Pentagon and the United States are therefore complicit in the war crime that took place in Yelenovka, where the HIMARS were employed to kill Ukrainian prisoners of war. Remember how uh, Kirby came out and said, oh, you know, the intelligence is a bit hazy on this one. Oh, really? Well, even Vadim Skibitsky, according to the, the Telegraph, says that the Americans sign off on every HIMARS strike. So what's, what, what's hazy about this, Kirby? 
Mm-hmm. You catch my drift. So it's uh, not just mercenaries, but uh, rather more underhanded ta- um, tactics, you'd say, coming out of the Pentagon. Goodness me, and, and indeed NATO, one would presume. So what do you boys and girls make of that? Isn't this an act of war? Well, yeah, that's it. That's um, that's a good comment to make. Game changer contractors. Yep. Uh, was it Wunderwaffe operators? <laughs> Wonder weapon operators uh, going on. Uh, let's get... Uh, there's kind of a story linked into that one, actually, um, which I've not seen. This is... Uh, let's get into it. So back on August 6th, um, this story I haven't seen published in Western media yet. Obviously, it's Rhea Novosti, and again, um, take this with a pinch of salt, but VKS destroyed the mercenaries of the Foreign Legion in the Dnipro... Here's a good one. Dnipropetrovsk region. My Russian's all right, but it's not that good. VKS destroyed more than 80 mercenaries. The Russian armed forces destroyed more than 80 foreign mercenaries in the Dnipro... I'm going to skip that. And about 500 Ukrainian militants in the Kherson region, the Defense Ministry told reporters. Uh, as a result of high-precision strike by the Russian aerospace forces on the stronghold of the formation of the Foreign Legion, more than 80 foreign mercenaries, and 11 units of special equipment were destroyed. doesn't say what special equipment that might be. Uh, VKS attacked the combat combat positions of the 105th Battalion of the 63rd Mechanized Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine in the area of Andrivka, Lazavoy, and Dolgovy in the Kherson region. More than 70 nationalists were killed there, about 150 uh, injured. In the Belogorka area near Kherson, aviation and artillery hit the temporary deployment point of the 46th Air Mobile Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine. The losses of this unit amounted to 400 people, the Defence Ministry added. I hope that's propaganda, because these are horrendous numbers. In the vicinity of the village of Pyatigorskaya, in the Kharkiv region, artillerymen destroyed a platoon of older multiple launch rocket systems and American HIMARS. And on the territory of the DPR in the Nikolaev region, they suppressed five platoons of the Grad MLRS, three platoons of the Gvozdika, self-propelled artillery mounts, a platoon of hyacinth guns, and four platoons of D-30 howitzers. The D-30s, I think, are the Soviet-made ones, and I believe the Ukraine's running out of ammunition for those. Quote, against the backdrop of massive losses of Ukrainian troops in the Mykolaiv region, servicemen of the units of the 59th Motorized Infantry and the 61st Infantry Jaeger Brigades, how Second World War sounding, as well as the 35th Marines Brigade refused to carry out the order to attack, leaving uh, leave their positions and desert. And then we have go back to the background there on that story. So more losses, horrendous losses, it appears, if you're to believe the Russian Ministry of Defense. And this story was from August 6th. And I don't think I've seen a whisper of it over on the BBC and CNN. Uh, wow. So Stephen ba- Bateman, thank you very much for the super chat. Let's just quickly... Uh, have a look, see. <laughs> FJB, Ura. I, lo- I love it when the armed forces do Ura. It uh, sends a shiver down my spine. D30, 122 millimeter toad howitzer. Yeah, that's the. I believe that's the Soviet-made stuff, which is almost rendered useless at the moment. I believe. 
NATO is losing the war, but because of shame and selfishness, they wouldn't want to leave. Which, Mark, uh, I, I tend to agree with you, which therefore, does that not make Zelensky's position that much more um, delicate? Old Richard, thank you for joining me. Have you seen the Natalia Kuchero song, Don Bass is With Us? Sent the link via VK. Ah, um, no, I haven't yet, Old Richard. Thank you, though. I did see a notification, actually, on my phone, but I don't, I don't have VK installed, so I'll check that out. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you for subscribing as well. Bomini Sadiki. Free Assange. Yeah, damn right, Max. Right, let's get on to the next story that I've got for you, which, again, comes from the States, uh, referring to US and Ukraine. So the next story we have is from Gazeta.ru. Congresswoman Boybert said that most of the US military aid does not reach Ukraine. This was reported yesterday, August 7th. Uh, perhaps uh, you boys and girls over in the United States can help me out here. First of all, I'm not familiar with Lauren Boybert. Uh, and certainly this interview I haven't seen. This is on the Twitter account of the politician. I don't follow her. Uh, the other question is, it references a CBS documentary. It talked about problems with the delivery of weapons, and I have not yet seen that. Uh, this quote is uh, quite accurate, I think, don't you? Quote, how many people have been called Russian bots for saying exactly the same thing since March that the weapons uh, are going onto the black market and not reaching their intended target. Now that CBS has shown it, it's completely normal. Whatever it was, I'm glad that the facts are now known. Much of the aid to Ukraine is a scam, end quote, she wrote. Earlier, it was reported that the administration of US President Joe Biden plans to provide the Ukrainian army with a new military aid package totaling $1 billion dollars. The aid package will include at least 50 M113 armoured personnel carriers. Haven't you guys already commented that these are outdated and they are almost a death trap? Like they've got paper-thin armour. I don't have any experience of the M113 uh, APC. As well as ammunition for long-range weapons, including the high Mars multiple launch rocket system. Well, that stands to reason that they're going to need more, more of those rockets. Are they going to include the... Is it uh, the 300? Was it 300 kilometer rockets, I wonder? You know, up the ante, notch up, ratchet up the escalation. It is clarified that details regarding the composition and scope of the assistance package may change before the final approval of the head of the White House. Could it even be cancelled? There's a thought and there's a hope. But yeah, curious to hear your thoughts on uh, Congresswoman Boybert's um, quote there. Gun-wheeling Senate Republican. Spam in a can, J.K. Smith. Yeah, that, that's what I heard. Uh, Cine, M113 is just a metal box on tracks. That's it. 10% for Pelosi. is always always 10% for the big guys. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pelosi's definitely going to have her, her fingers in that. Or maybe who manufactures them? Nash, dude, why did you tell me to F off at the store yesterday? I just wanted to help you with the beer. What? <laughs> I did buy beer, of course. That's a good guess, because of course I bought beer yesterday. But I didn't tell anyone to F off. And keep mind, is it possible to do a stream with Edward Snowden? He's in Moscow somewhere. Gosh, if I could track him down, I would. 
I thought the M113 was from Vietnam. Yeah. When Stingers are selling for 30k, sell your airline stocks. Do you see the footage of Joe B coming out of his quarantine? He's walking very strangely. What did you see the what looked like CGI effects of, uh, you know, there's two videos that were released. Nick, thank you very much for the uh, super sticker there. How good is Russia for doing PhD? Uh, some of the best in the world, as far as I understand, but I've not been through the university system. Makes sense. US w won't have to pay to have them scrapped. Yeah, it looks like Ukraine is just a big scrapyard. Uh, and if we're talking about money and talking about banks, the, the biggest con artists of them all, let's check out this story. So Bloomberg is reporting that Western banks suffer serious losses due to withdrawal from the Russian market. And it's not just banks. We've, we've heard of energy companies like Shell. Was it BP and Shell? Losing billions, by the way. This was reported on Friday, uh, August the 6th. And for those who still remain in Russia, the biggest headache has been the strengthening of the ruble. Their Russian assets are rising in price so quickly that it's impossible to sell. But banks aren't the only ones recording losses. So Western Business, which decided to leave Russia immediately after the start of the special operation in Ukraine, suffers huge losses, according to Bloomberg. Thus, the French banking group Société Générale reported that in the second quarter, its pre-tax losses amounted to 3.3 billion euros. Oh boy. Those who were in no hurry to leave saw their profitability grow in Russia due to the strengthening of the ruble. Thus, the Austrian Raiffeisen Bank in May to June reduced its loan portfolio in Russia by 22%, but its assets still grew by more than 3 billion euros. This was explained by the fact that the Russian currency strengthened by about 40% in the second quarter, and this has become a problem. Those banks that would like to leave are now unable to sell their Russian assets, the agency notes. But it's not just about the overvalued ruble. The director of the Banking Institute of the Higher School of Economics, Vasily Solod Solodkov, continues. Uh, I think it's not so much related to the price of assets, but in general with the problem of leaving, because it's difficult to understand to whom to sell what is. Whom to sell what is. Secondly, what will happen after the sale? We have limited any cross-border transactions. We see this in what is happening with the balance of the current account of the balance of payments. The question remains, and when we see that it is quite difficult to implement the plans that the banks had, banks strive to earn at acceptable risks for themselves. It is obvious that the risks that exist now are above the acceptable bar. I, I think I understand the gist of what he's saying. I know translation makes that a bit more difficult. So essentially, even if the bank sells, how do they get the money out? But then I'm thinking, well, if you are the bank, what if it's just an internal transfer? Uh, again, I don't know enough about the financial system. But at the bottom of this, it names some other uh, victims, let's say. Of course, it is not only banks that suffer from the withdrawal from Russia. Here are some, some examples. Mercedes-Benz estimated the losses from leaving Russia at 1.4 billion euros. This is huge. This follows from the company's quarterly report. The world's largest container line, Mirsk, lost more than $600 million. And even aluminium can manufacturers are losing money. Thus, the American Ball Corporation 
had to write off $435 million of losses. So presumably Pelosi didn't have stock in any of these companies. At the same time, neither food packaging nor container transportation fell under the sanctions. So the point being there, they didn't have to do this. They literally shot themselves in the foot and lost hundreds of millions, if not billions, in the process due to that stupidity. What a world. Richard Rolson, thank you very much indeed for the super chat. Let's uh, check out uh, what you have to say there. Ah, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I don't see a message from you, Richard, so thank you nonetheless. Thank you very much indeed for those dollars. Right, let's um, let's have a look at the new one. I think actually it's... Uh, yeah, it's a repeat there. Yeah, those those losses are insane, aren't they? Can you imagine being investors of those? Physical gold and silver. I'm surprised gold has stayed so steady. A lot of Benz and BMWs sold in US. Lots. It's not money, it's unbacked paper. Inflation is nothing, yeah, sure. How much is a pint of beer in the UK now? That's a good question. Because it was approaching £5 when I was last there. Winter is indeed coming. Shall we get on? Oh, actually, yeah. Thank you, uh, John Anthony. The Germans will freeze this winter. That lends us on into this next story that I've got for you, which is coming from the Wall Street Journal. So we have the Wall Street Journal reporting on the struggle between Europe and Asia. For Russian gas. This was reported yesterday, August the 7th. EU countries will have to fight with Asia for Russian LNG as winter approaches. Winter is coming. In the coming months, Europe is likely to have to compete with Asia for Russian li- liquefied natural gas, writes the Wall Street Journal. And to the credit of Rio Novosti, they have linked said article, but it's behind a paywall. Uh, just be warned. According to the authors of the publication, the situation for the EU countries will worsen with the approach of winter. Quote, even Russian LNG supplies can be disrupted. An economic recovery in China after the uh, health scare, let's say, lockdown or a cold winter in Asia will become an excuse to fight Europe for LNG exports, which will lead to further price increases, the article says. Wowee, do you think Pelosi thought about this <laughs> Thought about this before she went and meddled in Taiwan? Imagine if China just trolled, just trolled the, the West, the EU, and just bought up the LNG just purely for the hell of it. Maybe, maybe under the pretext of strengthening trade relations that they said they were going to do with the Kremlin. Would you do that if you were China? I, I think I would. I'd be that petty. I'm not saying that is petty, actually. But, you know, that's, that's something I would do just to wind up uh, someone I don't like or someone who's peeved me off. Publication believes that the deterioration in the standard of living of Europeans may affect their steadfastness in supporting Ukraine. And the e- and in the EU countries, governments may come to power that will destroy the Western coalition. Well, 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 that sounds like some 5D chess moves, which we have seen a few of those being played out. I've also posited that uh, despite Peskov's quite reasonable explanation, in my opinion, about the turbine, uh, I did posit that perhaps there's also this political um, advantage to be gained by 
creating as much difficulty in returning that turbine and keeping those gas um, levels low. Let's move on to the next quote. High energy prices are affecting the European economy and causing difficulties that will lead to public unrest and the people will start to vote with their empty wallets. The Wall Street Journal described this scenario. We've heard this before, but from other sources, I believe, uh, particularly in regard to Germany, I believe. The European market experienced a gas collapse last year, driven by limited supply from major suppliers, low levels of underground gas storage occupancy, and high demand for liquefied natural gas in Asia. Now Europe continues to be under pressure due to the ongoing tension with supplies from Russia. The export of Russian gas fell after the start of the military special operation in Ukraine. Supplies through the Nord Stream and through the Ukrainian gas transportation system dropped significantly and through the Amal Europe stopped altogether. I believe that was Poland's fault, wasn't it? I think Peskov went on to address that. The Russian side has repeatedly stressed that the limitation of supplies via Nord Stream is due solely to sanctions, which cause problems with the maintenance and repair of the German Siemens gas pumping units. Now, only one turbine provides the work of the highway. Presidential spokesman Dmitry Peskov noted that, quote, the Poles sanctioned the Amal Europe line and the Ukraine stopped one of the two branches under an absolutely far-fetched pretext, end quote. Uh, if you recall, I think he's referring to uh, that, that um, transit system that was shut down quite early on uh, by Zelensky. Some, some have posited that it was to squeeze Europe into going along with all the sanctions. Uh, what do you make of that? Homelessness and starvation, second part. Yeah. Hey, Richard Jones. Hey, from South Africa. <laughs> yeah. Your gas bill for the past two months was $1,203. Wife had heater on almost all day and night. How does this compare with US of A and Europe? Uh, where are you from, Leo? Free turbines. Alaska says, hello. I hope Europe got plenty of lumber. Uh, we heard about Germany, didn't we? Germany having that uh, forest fire from the ammunition dump. But I never heard of what started that. It was a police ammunition dump, wasn't it? We all remember what happened the last time that Germany was not ready for a winter war. Mm-hmm. I, do you think it'll wrap up before then? If they do away with Zelensky, then it, it could be over tomorrow, couldn't it? I think Scott Ritter said the same. All it takes is Biden to pick up the phone and this could be all over. Uh, Aga, you must continue your great work to shut up the false news propagators. Thank you. You're very welcome. You were trained in the M113 in 1976. Holy smokes. Right, let, I've got a bit of a funny story for you, this one. This one this one actually might screw with your noodle, screw with your noggin. Check this out. German immigrants brought 70 busts of Lenin to the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin. This was reported August the 6th. People who may have been around the Brandenburg Gate, can you confirm this? Uh, there is actually a, a YouTube video, but you never know these days. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> quote, German immigrants from, from Ukraine. From the youth organization, Vitsche brought 70 busts of Vladimir Ilyich Lenin to the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin. The corresponding video was published on the UKR Inform YouTube channel. This was reported by the Russian-speaking readership Ukraina.ru. 
An activist of this organization told the public that for 30 years collectors had been collecting busts of Lenin to give them to Vichya so that she can do something useful to Ukraine with them, for Ukraine with them, I think. This action did draw some attention to the statement, though not for very long. <laughs> the fact is that history is of little interest to anyone except for specialists. Only scientists can assess the sanity of a particular theory, and even then, after a long analysis. In any case, it is clear to almost everyone that Vladimir Ilyich Lenin was a notorious scoundrel. Brackets, like all Bolsheviks. End brackets. He did not value human lives and acted only out of hatred for Tsarism. Brackets, because of his executed brother. End brackets. And his rather delusional theories. They had interesting social ideas, but the foundation was unworkable. Lenin did not disdain practically any means for the sake of obtaining and retaining power. During the transition period, there were a lot of victims in different territories, including Ukraine. So I think you understand from just that paragraph what this was about. Uh, if we have a little check of the video, uh, this is what um, what took place. So they're in these bin bags. And if we go down to the description, of course, I'll, I'll leave a link here. It says the exhibition was named Flowers of Evil Russian Propaganda. That is what you're seeing in front of you. So 70 little Lenins <laughs> dropped off at the Brandenburg Gate. So, um, seems seems to have some proof. I don't know like when the actual video was recorded. It was uploaded on the 5th of August. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be curious to know in the comments. Uh, and then we have some statement there, presumably from this Ukrainian, with their high-vis, presumably indicating the protest. So there you go. That's a, a funny little story there of some free Lenins. I don't know if they were just left there. <laughs> But that's the most Lenins I've seen outside of uh, Soviet republics. Make of that what you will. Not enough Lenins. Narrative in Finland is that Ukraine is winning. Amnesty has it wrong. Oh, of course it is. Lenin should not have married Yoko Ono. Flicking bollocks, you're on fire today. Have you considered becoming a Ukrainian president? I think you're qualified. Lenin wasn't Russian. I No, I don't think he was, was he? Lenin's book, Imperialism, The Highest Stage of Capitalism, is a classic. Uh, was it Karl Marx who talked about how inflation was the robbery of the masses? This is a mockery. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seemed to be like a protest against Russia, but then again, it kind of just raises awareness. Of Russia. You'd love to have one. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Lenin was Soviet. I agree. Greetings from the Philippines. Hello. Top of 57. All right. Let's go on to some other stuff. Ah, oh, yeah. We do have some pretty important news uh, regarding Erdogan. Uh, we'll just bring up. I know it has been reported. I think it's been covered quite widely in the West, but there's some details I think you might enjoy. A Groucho Marx, brave spender. Anyway, let's get in. So according to Ria Novosti, Erdogan invited Putin to meet with Zelensky in Turkey. President Erdogan said he invited Putin to meet uh, with Zelensky in Turkey. Um, to, he said, quote, Despite the difficulties on the ground, I also firmly believe that Ukrainian crisis will be resolved at the negotiating table. 
I reminded Mr. Putin once again that we can have his meeting with Mr. Zelensky. We will continue to develop our dialogue with our Black Sea neighbor, Russia, in all areas to contribute to regional and global peace. I pray to God that our meetings in Sochi will be useful for our region, especially for Turkey and Russia. Erdogan told reporters on the plane after returning from Sochi day before a meeting of the presidents of Russia and Turkey was held in Sochi. Uh, this was Friday, August the 6th. And then if we go over to Russia Today, Naruskum in Russia, the Kremlin said that there were no prerequisites for a meeting between Putin and Zelensky. Uh, this is according to Dmitry Peskov. Uh, quote, as for the summit meeting between Presidents Putin and Zelensky, it is possible only after all the homework is done by the negotiating delegations, Peskov said. He noted that this had not yet happened. Quote, therefore, there are no necessary prerequisites for the meeting mentioned by Mr. Erdogan yet, he said, commenting on the proposals. Earlier, Erdogan said he had offered Putin um, to hold the meeting. So it does still appear that it's Ukraine that... Uh, is not entering into negotiations. We've had Erdogan now offering to broker this deal, and that's a very young Zelensky. So that must have been a good while ago when that picture was taken with Papa Poo. And isn't that a Macron? Or maybe I'm wrong. Although there is an EU flag there, I think Macron's hiding behind the chicken of Kiev's head there. But that this is news that's reported today, August the 8th. So what are your bets? Do you think Zelensky will meet Putin? I don't think so. You wouldn't trust Erdogan as far as you can th throw Pompeo. <laughs> Pointless, the only person Putin needs to meet is whoever is puppeteering Brandon. I think he's got a good idea of who that was. Europe needs Turkstream gas, indeed. Macaron. Blair was also fond of high heels. He, he Blair was fond of men's toilets, I believe. Uh, wasn't he charged? Charged with that. Right, we're coming to the end now. We've got just a couple more uh, stories to get through. Uh, yeah, there's a, an interesting one, but it's from a kind of shady news source. But still, it makes some good points. Let's get into RBK. They've got uh, a bit of a troubling story. So, yeah, yesterday RBK has reported that CNN learns about plans for U.S. and Indian exercises near the disputed border with China. Don't do it, guys, please. Why? The U.S. and India will practice combat training at high altitude, less than 100 kilometers from the disputed territory, which is also claimed by China, writes CNN. In June, the United States expressed concern over China's development of military infrastructure in the region. U.S. and Indian troops will take part in a joint military exercise in October. Okay, so fair old ways away. In the Indian state of Uttarakhand, which is located near the disputed territory where the India-China border runs. This is reported by CNN, citing a source among high-ranking military of the Indian Army. The exercise will focus on combat training at high altitude and will take place at an altitude of 10,000 feet about 95 kilometers from the line of actual control, the unnamed source said. Pentagon told CNN that the U.S.'s partnership with India is, quote, one of the most important elements, end quote, of its shared vision of a free and open Indo-Pacific. That's odd, because Newland went out there to court India, didn't she? 
I think, or one of her colleagues, there was another representative. And it doesn't seem that India's really uh, reciprocating in this relationship. Just my personal observation. Uh, when it goes down, it talks about in the past, um, and a friend of mine mentioned this the other day, there have been skirmishes between the Chinese and Indian military more than once. One of the latest occurred in mid-June 2020. In New Delhi, it was reported that the fight lasted about six hours without the use of firearms, only with sticks, stones and clubs with nails. Twenty Indian soldiers were killed. The number of deaths on the Chinese side is unknown. That sounds like First World War trench warfare. That sounds brutal. Ooh, that's dark stuff. I really hope that they step back from the prep precipice on this one and certainly that the exercises don't go ahead particularly if it's going to wind up china I and mean, what's the point of stirring the pot at this stage downward spiral you say india call the us to say rain check yeah please get modi back did you see the russia Russian Serbia ambassador just announced that a Russian military base to be set up in Serbia, according to Douglas McGregor. Aha. Trying to use Kung Fu. That sounds fake. Maybe, but I do remember it being reported at the time. Zelensky needs to visit India. Yeah, I wonder how well that would work. Censorship in Canada is worse than Russia. Yeah, I hear that a lot. India trying to leave BRICS? I wonder, they're playing a funny game, aren't they? So what's new? They're doing that every couple of months on that border. Yeah, you're probably right. Although that that said, the latest incident was 2020. So it doesn't sound like it's every day, or at least not reported. World War One more like medieval warfare. Well, yeah, but you know how brutal and bloody World War One uh, trench, certainly as they stormed the trenches, was. That's disgusting. <laughs> Seems the Indians are not happy with the pace of negotiations on water rights. Mm. I think this is why bricks could be a potential powder keg. Well, if they're having a balancing act, I do wonder. The Indians are waiting for the US to finally pay up and show and pull their weight. <laughs> Yankees go home. Right, one more story for you before I wrap everything up. Over in RK News, it says, quote, SP, President of Ukraine Zelensky gathered a million army near Kharkov, to invade the Russian Federation. Let's hear more about this, because this is uh, this phantom army that we've all heard about. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky responded to the petition of the citizens of his country in order to strengthen air defence in the Kharkov region. This news immediately attracted the attention of Russian military experts. As the Svobodnaya Pressa writes, it seems strange to want to strengthen the defence of the sky where an offensive is not planned at all. From this, it's concluded that perhaps the armed forces of Ukraine will go on the offensive not in Kherson, but on the Kharkov direction. The main goal is to return part of the territory captured by the Russian Federation, and possibly not only. Quote, Zelensky has gathered a million-strong army to invade Russia, the author of SP suggests, and put his assumption, which sounds like a statement, into the headline. <laughs> Uh, opinion dressed as fact, pretty much. In this context, we also recall the recent promise by the advisor to the head of the office of the president in Ukraine, Alexei Arestovich, to hang the Ukrainian flag over 
quote, the ruins of the Kremlin. I remember this, but I lost I lost the article. You know, as you go through that Google journey or at least the news browsing, I saw this quote by Aristovich. I haven't been able to find it again uh, to bring it like to corroborate the source but i do remember because it made me chuckle he was saying how ukraine was gonna hang the flag over the ruins of the kremlin i was like what are you smoking man because i need some of that it's emphasized that the armed forces of ukraine have already brought up fresh reserves from among the new brigades to the chernihiv sumu and kharkov regions according to some information it is in these areas that almost the millionth army of ukraine is concentrated Mm. so we've had some disinformation from russia i believe was it with seversk um whether they were going to attack it um and then they fainted and attacked uh, another city maybe is this what ukraine is trying to do saying oh we're going down to the south when they head over to kharkov instead Hmm, we'll have to wait and see, but as for this million-man army, I'll believe it when I see it, quite frankly, because I think that's just a last roll of the dice. And if they do manage to materialise it, uh, it's not exactly going to be from the most skilled, well-trained people, is it? Uh, I also heard reports that I haven't been able to verify that hasn't the draft been increased, or, or the conscription increased to men who are 70 years old? I mean, really, it really is downfall sort of scenario, isn't it? Let's have a check what you guys are talking about. Maybe it's one million woman army. Um, <laughs> if they're still there. Hey, JK, thank you very much uh, for the £5 uh, super chat there. Turkish banks to use Russian mere payment system. Interesting. Interesting? Yes, very interesting. And not only them, Cuba, Iran... Uh, and a few more have announced that they are that they're going to be using the mere payment system. Jason Britton, thank you. Welcome to Inquisitive Friend. Thank you for becoming a member and sponsoring. You'll have to log in your Steam account to participate. <laughs> million warm bodies, yeah. The man from Dystopia, you're, you're claiming 75. I'd heard 70. I hadn't heard 75. Maybe they've upped it since. I'm, I'm not sure. Million men army doesn't mean anything if they have no equipment. And we've just read that report where um, the, was it CBS had the documentary where the aid isn't even getting there, particularly from the US aid. I've seen videos of Ukraine military recruiters chasing Ukrainian citizens to get them to fight. Ukraine may need to recruit ex-Olympic sprinters (laughs) as army recruiters. 70-year-old mechanized wheelchair brigade will storm Moscow. Absolutely right, Rupert. (laughs) Yeah. Outfit armor. NATO to donate a million tranny army. <laughs> uh, Enki, bonk. Off to horny jail for you. <laughs> Talking about the wonderful Maria Zaharova like that. South Korea uses Mir as well. Well, the main thing with Turkey and Mir is obviously the number of tourists that go to Turkey. Turkey obviously doesn't want to lose that. Greece has already paid a massive price for losing out on the Russian tourism, as has Spain, I believe, uh, that I read. So Turkey doing the right thing there and making it more seamless and attractive for Russians in Turkey will, of course, make uh, that as a destination more appealing. They even set up a dedicated airline uh, from Turkey to Russia, specifically for Russian tourists. That's how much Turkey values the uh, revenue that Russia brings. So I wasn't surprised to hear Erdogan talking about um, 
how profitable it would be. But then we, I reported, I think it was on Friday, about the hyperinflation that's going on in Turkey. So I'm not sure really how uh, how comfortable it is to stay in Turkey for uh, any length any length time. Anyone seen that foreign agent? He's right here. Mish like. <laughs> Ukraine would be like, we need air support. US pilot would be like, sorry, you need five kills to call in air support. <laughs> yeah, like Call of Duty. Get firing those M777s. The goat of Kiev. Gatlingham. Right, oh, guys, yeah, I need to actually get some work done because believe it or not, I, I do have a job. Thank you all for your support. Thank you for the members. Um, and also thank you for those of you who support me on Patreon. Uh, and locals as well. Thank you for being patient as well, because I'm still not up to speed with it. With it all, please post articles you cite. Michael Richard, yeah. When um, when this stream's ended, what I do is I go through and then I timestamp the stream, so that then you all know where where to skip to if there are certain uh, stories of interest, and then put the links there. Uh, Ruth Greening, thanks, Mike. Brilliant news, keeping our spirits up without the booze. <laughs> You're very welcome, Ruth. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, you appreciate the shorter videos, Meg. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the best balance, isn't it? If you want the long-form content, you can see the VOD, the video recording of this stream, and then if you just want to get to the good stuff, you can see the shorter ones. Although, the only thing I was mindful of was spamming people's feeds, because I find that a bit annoying. I think uh, Redacted and Jimmy Dore often do this, where they like just bomb like a load of videos, so I try and also pace it out. But uh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe uh, I'll see how I go. A vermilion, great stream. Thank you. No, thank you all for joining me. All 2,109. Gosh, that's a lot of you. Thank you very much indeed. So I will wrap that up. Flick, flicking bollocks. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Putting a smile on our faces as always. God bless you all. Uh, look after yourselves. And I hope to see you tomorrow, probably around similar time. I'm thinking around two, half past two MSK. Uh, hopefully that seems to work well for you lot. So thank you all. I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.